Good morning. Welcome again to Morning Devotions. Thank you again so much for our time together. I said, Pastor, wait a minute. It's supposed to be Pastor A this morning. Well, she doesn't have a voice, so Sister Bev and I are pitching in for her today, and Sister Bev will do the Isaiah portion. She's going to do Isaiah all the way through the end of the month, and I'm pitching in for Pastor A in the New Testament portion. And you know what? Sometimes she pitches in for me, and sometimes we pitch in for her. So welcome to family. Right now, we want to go to Psalms chapter 91 with one of our kids. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the hour that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command these angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands. So that you will not strike your foot against a stone, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. As we go to prayer today, I really want to talk to you again about what we worked with last Thursday night in communion. And communion last Thursday night was a wonderful success. Thank you all for picking up the emblems and taking them home. And we've been seeing all of your pictures. Many of you have. You made your own unleavened bread at home. And um, you then served it to the family at home. I think that's a really cool thing to do. But we had over 13,000 people who picked up uh, emblems here at the church and took them home for their families. So we're very excited about this great communion time. And we're hearing beautiful testimonies of healing. Now, I really want to continue to pray for those of you who, in the middle of all this COVID-19, you've almost been forgotten because you've learned to accept a certain sickness in your life almost. I would not call it a friend, but I would call it a, a permanent house guest in your life diabetes, high blood pressure. Th these are things you don't have to live with the rest of your life. Asthma. These are things you don't have to live with the rest of your life. Skin diseases. You don't have to live with these things the rest of your life. Remember from Deuteronomy 20 28, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And it would shock you to see how all these things are listed out there. So let's pray today right now for those of you that have had these long-term managed illnesses because Jesus is your healer. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law of a, of a little fever, and he healed the leper, and he raised the dead. I mean, you know, forgive me. There's nothing too small or there's nothing too, too bad. Jesus is healer. Father, I lift you, my brothers and sisters, right now. 
Some of them have been going through long-term kidney disease, some of them long-term lung problems and diabetes problems and high blood pressure problems. Some of them have been going through long-term torment with itchy skin and skin diseases. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, in your grace and in your mercy, bring healing. In this season, Father, where everything is locked down and in this, this season of sickness, Father, in which people are so afraid of disease, Father, I ask, glorify yourself. Bring honor and glory to your name. Bring healing in the bodies of your sons and daughters. And as we all gather back together, Lord, let us hear the testimonies of long-term sicknesses that were just healed in this time. Lord, I ask in your mercy, reach right now into their rooms. Reach right now into those salas, those bedrooms. Reach into their kitchens. Reach right now, Father, they're sitting outside on the front step of the house. Father, in the name of Jesus, reach down and bring healing. Let recovery begin. Lord, we can't lay hands on the sick right now. But Lord, we just ask that recovery begin. That Lord, these kidneys begin to produce again. That these, the skin begins to clear up. That this blood pressure begin to go down again. Father, let these things just be healed. We thank you for it. And Lord, again, we pray for all of our frontliners. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you strengthen them in their souls to see the things and to hear the things and to watch the things that they have had to go through. Father, strengthen them in their inner being. Let them be strong on the insides, Lord, by the Holy Ghost. And Father, let your joy give them strength. They're working shifts of 36 hours at a time. Lord, let your joy Put supernatural joy within their lives and give them strength. And Lord, I thank you that the angels guard them in all their ways. This sickness shall not come near them and they shall not take it home to their families. I thank you for it, Father. Lord, I pray for all the businesses, all of the small businesses, Lord, that have struggled in this time. Lord, let there be a supernatural outpouring of customers, of creativity, of new opportunities. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some time in worship.
As we turn our attention to the New Testament today, please let me remind you of the services. Uh, in fact, they're ongoing right now with the drive-in services at South Campus at 7.30 and at 9.30. And if you have a car, that's a great place to come to service. And then again tonight at seven or 6 o'clock and then all day tomorrow, 7.30, 10, 12.30 and 3. We are in back in services. We have social distancing. We are at 10% capacity. We have to do contact tracing. So we ask for your patience and all of that and come to the services a little early. All right, let's get into Galatians chapter 6. We're going to finish out Galatians today. He said, brothers, all right, so he's talking to believers, all right? So this is talking to believers, talking to the brothers in Christ. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any trespass, now caught, they are trapped. You have to understand people get trapped in sin and they don't know how to get out. You'll see a man trapped in sexual immorality or pornography. You'll, you'll see a woman trapped in sexual immorality. You'll see people trapped in alcohol or trapped in drugs. They get trapped. And, and forgive me, it, it's, they can't get out. He said, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Now, notice, there's a qualification. Th this is, is not the responsibility of a baby Christian. This is for the mature. And what is our purpose? Is to restore. In a spirit of gentleness, and this is the attitude. But when you work with a person who's trapped in sin, you don't beat them up. They've already been beat up by sin with an attitude of gentleness. But now notice what he says, and this is very important. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Now when you start dealing with a person to come out of that sin, one of the things you're going to find is that Satan will bring that same temptation to you. Let me say that again. One of the things you discover is that Satan will bring that same temptation to you. So you have to understand that when you're helping somebody get out of a transgression, same temptation will come to your life. So you have to guard yourself. You have to keep watch on yourself. Then he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. All right, we help carry the load. We help each other carry the loads in life. All right, when people are really weighed down, we help each other carry the load. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, <laughs> he deceives himself. But let East One test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Now, I, I want you to notice this. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Uh, this, this is what you call pride. You overestimate yourself. And Paul said, when you think you're something and you're nothing, <laughs> you're living in deception. So why people live in deception? For each one will have to bear his own load, all right? So we also have to be self-reliant. We cannot just trust everybody else to help carry our loads. We also have to learn self-reliance. One who has taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Okay? So, all right, the members share with the leaders. One who has taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. 
Now, this does not mean that we come around to your house and raise money from you, okay? But you have to understand that the sowing and the reaping and things that take place, some of that should make sure that it goes to the pastoral staff and the people that are teaching you. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that he shall also reap. Now, this is why you don't need to do vengeance, folks. You don't need to practice vengeance. Let God take care of people. They will reap what they have sowed. For the one who sows to his flesh, notice, will from the flesh reap corruption. Now, what is corruption? It's slow destruction. It's like rust. Something decays away. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now, remember, eternal life is relationship encounters with God. Now, do you want to, sh do you want to sow to the flesh or do you want to sow to the Spirit? If you sow to the flesh, you will reap slow destruction. If you sow to the Spirit, you will reap relationship encounters with God. He said, let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not grow if we do not give up. All right, so let us not grow weary in doing good. Right now we're doing we're working really hard trying to help people. He said, You're gonna get tired, but but don't give up. Don't because I'm just tired, I don't want to do this anymore. He said, In due season you will reap. Remember, if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption, but if you sow to the spirit, you reap eternal life. He said, all these good things that you're doing to help people, connect group leaders, all this hard work you're doing with Zoom, meeting your leaders, visiting the new, new converts by Zoom, all of this that you're doing, you will reap a harvest for in due season, okay? You don't necessarily reap it when you think you should reap the harvest, but there will be a season if we do not give up. Too many Christians, whether it's a financial harvest or a good works harvest, they walk away from the harvest field. They, they give up on their harvest field and walk away. Don't ever walk away from a harvest field. This is why all during this COVID-19, I've challenged you to remember all the seed that you have sown. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith. This would be church. This would be Christians. Our first focus of priority when it comes to benevolence should always be Believers, not the world, believers. But we do want to do good to everybody. See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, only in order that they may not be persecuted for Christ. All right, so hidden agendas. Hidden personal agendas. All right. There are people that want you to do religious things because they have an agenda. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. You just become like a, a notch on their gospel gun. Look, I got another guy circumcised. Look, I got another guy to turn away from salvation by faith. You're going to find that people with false doctrines work really hard on proselyting. Let me say that again. You're going to find people with false doctrines work really hard on proselyting because they want to boast. But far be it for me to boast except in the cross 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation, all right? This is what counts, that we are born again, that we are new creatures in Christ. As for all who walk by this rule, okay, what is this rule? The new creation rule. Peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. All right, now, so people who are out proselyting, trying to get you to move into their little weird false doctrine, he said, no, no. He said, but people who live by the rule of this new creation realities, that we're new creatures in Christ, he said, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. For now, from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. <laughs> now, forgive me, but sometimes as pastors, you just want to get people's attention with that one. So let me, let me just talk to you about that a minute. You know, there are, are prices that pastors, that men like Paul, paid to serve God. The beatings, the stonings and being left for dead, the beaten with rods. I mean, th there's prices that Paul paid. And another translation says, don't let anybody cause me trouble. I bear in my body the scars of Jesus. I know the scars that I carry for what I've sacrificed for the gospel. I look at people like Pastor Dag. I look at people like Dr. Cho. I look at people like T.L. Osborne. I look at these people and I go, you know what? They paid a price to do what they have done. And they bear in their body the scars of it. Don't cause these people trouble. You know, I looked at a young man one time, and he was going off on me, and I looked at him, and I said, young man, when you bear the scars that I bear, when you have paid the prices I paid, then you can cause me trouble. Until then, Paul would say, from now on, let no one cause me trouble. He said, let's, let's just stop this nonsense. Now, he's writing to the church here in Galatia. This is after the first missionary tour. This is, these people had seen him stoned and left for dead. They'd seen him with an eye disease because he was out preaching the gospel and going through areas where this thing was prevalent. And he said, I first preached the gospel to you because of this eye disease. And you would have plucked out your own eyes and given to me. He said, you've seen what I've been through. You've seen the persecution I've been through. He said, now, now just stop this. Stop causing me trouble. I bear in my body the scars of Jesus. And then he closes. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. All right, let's open up our hearts, spend some more time in worship.
hello there. You didn't expect to see me today, did you? But here I am. It's time for our Isaiah reading. And here I am for filling in for my daughter, who apparently has no voice. But that's okay, because this is Isaiah, and I love to be here for that. It's Isaiah, and some of you are calling Isaiah, Isaiah. <laughs> That's okay. Isaiah, Isaiah. Some of my students used to call it that. Isaiah, Isaiah. It's a wonderful book to study. We can call Isaiah that, although the name Isaiah actually has a beautiful meaning. The, the name Isaiah means Yahweh is salvation. It's actually in Hebrew, Yesha Yahu. So Yesha, Yeshua, it's from that word, Yahoo, Yahweh. That's Yah is short for Yahweh. And you will find lots of Yah names in Israel, just like you find lots of L names in Israel. But there are lots of Yah, like even Prime Minister Netanyahu, Yahoo, like this, Yesha Yahu, like Isaiah, or like Hallelujah, Halal that kind of praise, that demonstrative kind of praise, you, yeah, Yahweh. So short for Yahweh, Yahoo. So Isaiah, yes, he is called <laughs> Isaiah or Yeshayahu in Hebrew, but we can call him Isaiah if we want to, can't we? Because <laughs> it's fun to study the book and to devotionally read the book of Isaiah or Isaiah, Isaiah. All right, for today's reading, we are supposed to be getting in to chapter 42, starting in verse 18, with the word of the Lord to Israel to God's people, and he says, Hear you deaf, and look you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Now, you know that servant in the book of Isaiah can be specifically a person, like he's, he called Cyrus his servant. Um, he's calling a servant from the east. Or it can be to meaning Isaiah as his servant, or it can mean the nation of Israel as his servant, different guys, but in this, it could even mean Messiah as his servant. But here in this time, it is Israel that he's talking to, and he's saying, you're deaf, you're not hearing me. Remember, he just finished saying, listen to me. In fact, he said, listen to me in silence. Stop with all the other voices and just listen to me. Who is blind as my dedicated one or blind as the servant of the Lord? He sees many things but does not observe them. His ears are open, but he does not hear. You know anyone like that? The Lord was pleased for his righteousness sake to magnify his law and make it glorious. But this is a people plundered and looted, they are all of them trapped in holes and hidden in prisons. They have become plunder with none to rescue, spoil with none to say, restore. Who among you will give ear to this, will attend and listen for the time to come? Who gave up Jacob to the looter and Israel to the plunders? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned? In whose ways they would not walk? In whose law they would not obey? And he poured on him the heat of his anger, 
and the might of battle, it set him on fire all around, but he did not understand. It burned him up, but he did not take it to heart. Chapter 43, but now. I usually almost always love it when God says, but now. And sometimes when you're going through, whatever you're going through in your life, you look for the but now, because God has a but now for you. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel. Remember that Jacob, God, when he wrestled with the Lord, God started calling him Israel. So Jacob, Israel, this is poetry. You always say the same thing in different ways. Come at it in different angles. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. God has called his people by name. Okay, God calls his sheep. The good shepherd calls his sheep by name. God calls the stars each by the name, by his, it, its own name. He is intimately and infinitely able to call you by name and to walk with you no matter what you are going through, whether you're going through waters or floods or fire. He is intimately and infinitely able to call you by your name and to walk with you through that thing. And you know what happens when God gets in the burning fire with those three Hebrew children. They were not burned. They didn't even smell like smoke. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Sheba, in exchange for you. These are all nations. You remember our tour of the nations? These are all people that we have talked about. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I gave men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. Just a few verses before, he said, I will be with you. I am with you. So he says, fear not, for I am with you. In the first verse that we read in chapter 43, it says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Now it says, fear not, for I am with you. You imagine yourself like a little child walking to school and your big dad is walking beside you and you're holding your dad's hand and you're walking along and the bullies might pass by to the left or to the right, but your big dad is with you and you are not afraid. <laughs> that is that feeling that God wanted his people to have. I'm with you. I am with you, he says. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. All right. God knows our name. It says he calls us by name our name. He, he calls the sheep by name. He calls the stars by name. He calls you by name. And we said what? He is intimately and infinitely able 
to call you by your name, to hold you by your hand and walk with you. But not only does he know you and call you by your name, you are called by his name. You bear whose noble name we bear, it says in the New Testament. You are called by his name. Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right. Let them hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen. You see, you're still his servant. <laughs> Israel, you might have been deaf, you might have been blind, but God is calling you. He's going after you. He's saying, Israel, you're still my servant. Come on, I'm counting on you. Be that light to the Gentiles that you're supposed to be. My servant whom I have chosen, that... What are you supposed to do when you see that? You're supposed to highlight it in some way. I put a, a square around whenever I see that. Pastor puts a circle around when he sees that. Three things that you may know and believe and understand that I am he. So my servant whom I have chosen. Why has God chosen you? that you may know, that you may believe, and that you may understand that I am he. Remember all these passages we've been reading. I am the Lord. I am that I am. I am your God. There is no God besides me. I am God. I am he. I alone am God. How many times have we read that? You're going to know it. He chose you so that you will know it. So it's not just enough to know that you will believe it and not just believe it that you will understand it understand and when you understand whose hand you are holding on to as you walk through life you will not fear how can you fear when you know and you believe and you understand that I am who I am I am the God I am He's the one walking with you. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord. Besides me, there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. And you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And I am God. Also, henceforth, I am he. There is none who can deliver me can deliver from my hand. I work, and who can turn it back? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I send to Babylon, and bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans in the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord. Now many, many times in the book of Israel, Isaiah, Isaiah, you have these words like, um, the, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And when God says it, it is. So thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path 
in mighty waters. All right, when did God do that? When did God make a way in the sea? Who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. When? When did that happen? When did he make a way in the sea, a dry way through an otherwise very wet sea? That was when the people came up from Egypt as a nation, when they were redeemed from Egypt, that highway of redemption that weaves its way through the book of Isaiah. And yes, it was a dry <laughs> way through the wet sea, through the powerful sea. It's not like some people tried to say, oh, well, you know, it was just... Um, at that time of year, it was just very shallow water that they passed through. Maybe it was just like two inches of water. Oh, so you're trying to tell me that the whole entire Egyptian army drowned in two inches of water? Wow, now that really is amazing. See, some people spend all their effort trying to explain away miracles as though they never happened, rather than looking to the hand of their creator, the God, the I am, the I am he and there is no other and I am the savior and I am with you and I will walk with you and I will do miracles for you that God, rather than look to him and hold on to his hand and say, he has and he does and he will do miracles, they spend all their time trying to say it was just something else. <laughs> but it wasn't. It really was a dry way in a wet sea. Now, verse 18. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Look, look, I'm doing something new. Open your eyes, see. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. A wet way in a dry land. Do you know that God will do miracles in your life in a way that is exactly opposite, maybe, of how he did it before. He's capable of doing it exactly the same way that he did it before, but he's infinitely creative. So don't go telling God how to do miracles in your life. <laughs> Just ask him for a miracle and let him do it the way he wants to do it and keep looking ahead. Don't live in the past. Well, we've always done things that way. Oh, the path of the righteous will be brighter and brighter, and brighter, and brighter, until the full day. He is pouring water, rivers in the desert, rivers pouring out his Holy Spirit into our dry selves, and filling us. There's nothing that delights our God more than filling us with himself, walking in relationship with us. Amen. The wild beasts will honor me, and jackals, and the ostriches. And for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people I formed for myself, that they may declare my praise. That phrase is quoted in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, which says that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. And remember what we have said, there is there more New Testament authors quote Isaiah 
than any other Old Testament book except the book of Psalms. Isaiah is the most quoted. We know more songs from the book of Isaiah from anywhere else except the book of Psalms. So it is not only the New Testament authors, but we ourselves, we sing the book of Isaiah. And here is one of those examples that they may declare my praise. So after all this, verse 22, yet you did not Call on me, O Jacob. Oh, do you ever get the impression God goes, Oh, after all this, I am the I am. I'm holding your hand. I'm walking with you. I am with you. Yet they did not call on him. You've been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with frankincense. You have not brought me sweet cane with money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. I, I am he who blots out your transgression for my sake. I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Remember what we said? You got to remember to remember. <laughs> remember to remember. Put, put verses around in your house. Put verses on a mirror. Put things, verses that will remind you. Remember to remember. Let us argue together. Remember from chapter 1. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. And all the way through the book of Isaiah, we see reason, reason, miracle, miracle, prophetic word, prophetic word. These three ways that God tries to show his people that he's there, that he's involved in their life. Set forth your case that you may be proved right. Your first father sinned and your mediators transgressed against me. Therefore, I will profane the princes of the sanctuary and deliver Jacob to utter destruction and Israel to reviling. Guess what? That's the end of our Isaiah reading for today. I don't really want to end there. And this is the Saturday, so I want you to promise me that you will really read the verses that follow on Sunday because it's too good. Hear, O Jacob, my servant, I have chosen. I who made you and will help you. Jacob, my servant, I have chosen. I will pour my spirit on your offspring. These are good verses coming up. So tomorrow, you read those verses on your own, okay? And then I'll see you back for the Monday Isaiah. Isaiah. Meanwhile, thank you so much for joining us today for our morning devotion. Tonight, join us online for our online Saturday special. We'll see you there.